Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 88. In this episode, we have Lindsay Thompson joining us. Uh, Lindsay is an accomplished animator who has worked in VFX, feature animation, as well as the video game industry. Uh, she's currently a senior animator over at Insomniac Games, where she's worked on such titles as Sunset Overdrive, uh, the newest Ratchet and Clank, as well as the Spider-Man series there that they've recently released. Um, she's worked for other studios such as Weta, ILM, Rhythm and Hughes, um, Walt Disney Animation Studio. And so it was just a really neat opportunity to get her in on this podcast, um, to hear her, her journey in this field, as well as what she's enjoying in the video game industry here. Um, her ambitions and just uh, her overall enthusiasm about this art form that we all enjoy. Uh, so without further ado, check it out. All right. Well, Lindsay, we'll jump into this podcast. Um, I really appreciate your time. It's about, what is it, eight o'clock here on uh, the West Coast. And so I know you've probably had a busy day um, breaking a little bit to do, to do this interview. And so again, just appreciate your time and joining us in this podcast. Of course. Very cool. Well, um, I always like to kind of hear how you get into this industry. Um, it's always kind of neat to see people's veins into this. Um, how did you get into animation? Uh, what were some of the maybe driving factors? Uh, was it something that you always wanted to get into or something that kind of sparked for you and, and led you into that path? Uh, how did that work out for you? Uh, I would say that it, it was a bit of a, a accidental uh, discovery of animation. Um, I was always a big movie fan. My dad and I growing up would just go see every single movie uh, together and we had a little mini theater in our house like we movies were a huge part of my life um, when I graduated high school I went to art school I went to Otis College of Art and Design in Los Angeles and I didn't know what I wanted to do but I knew I wanted to do something creative um, my initial interest was for fashion so okay. I went to, <laughs> I was going to go to FITM which is in downtown LA um, but it's a two-year program and my mom convinced me that I should get a four-year degree and that Otis had a great fashion program so I decided to go there and uh, about you know your first year in school it's all art training and then you get to take one elective in your second semester of your first year in your major. So I took the fashion drawing course and I just didn't like it at all. Um, <laughs> the people, you know, you kind of go through your, your section or your group of people that you go through your first year with. Everybody's in different majors. And a lot of the people in my section were going into digital media and they were talking about the things I was interested in. They were, you know, really interested in movies and pop culture. And, you know, if anything, I wanted to maybe do costuming, but the program didn't support that. Um, so at the very last minute of like, pick your major, I just changed it. And <laughs> I just wanted to be around this group of people. Very so cool. I, uh, I kind of went into it blind. I used computers growing up I played like computer games and went on AOL but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know when I was in college we uh we didn't really have social media yet that didn't yeah. it was like just on the precipice but there was no Facebook there was maybe MySpace but um so I wasn't using computers like a ton uh but I started digital media. I animated my first like left to right circle in After Effects. Okay. And I went, oh. I was like, oh, that's animation. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really exciting. Like I was like, oh, and then all my flooding in of like Lord of the Rings and Jurassic Park. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's a job. And 
uh, we had one 3D animation class and one 2D animation class in the entire program. Wow. And I took both at the same time. <laughs> animation was like uh, the 3D animation. It was some weird, deeply buried skill inside of me that kind of came naturally. And then I took the same 3D animation class every semester until I graduated. <laughs> and I and I took, uh, I talked to the head of my department and I said, can I take an uh, independent study? I, I did everything I could to focus on animation. I started an animation club at Otis. Very cool. Um, I was just really deeply interested in it and I catered every class I had to it. So like all my English classes, I would, my projects at the end of the semester would be like, I'd write something, but I'd add an animation piece along with it or something. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so how far after maybe graduating, did you get into the industry? Did you have to, um, you know, work in other jobs at the same time or did you, were you a generalist or how did that work for you? I was, uh, I was very fortunate. Um, as senior year hit, uh, was ending, we would do reviews with professionals. So okay. uh, you could, uh, we would have professionals from different aspects of the industry come into our, our senior thesis class and we would show for critique. And it wasn't in my class, but I had heard that there was somebody from Rhythm and Hughes coming into another person's class. So I waited by the door for the whole class until it ended. And I gently and kindly uh, tapped him on the shoulder. Um, and I asked him, can I, oh, his name was Keith. Uh, ooh, I can't remember right now. Um, I tapped him on the shoulder and asked him if I could show him my reel. So I showed him my reel, which was okay. <laughs> and, um, and he's like, oh, this is great. You, you know, we do an apprenticeship at Rhythm and Hughes. You should apply. So I applied, graduated, didn't hear anything and then I s heard back from them so I actually got um, an offer to do the apprenticeship at Rhythm and Hughes very and, cool uh, Keith ended up being my supervisor later on a second or third project I did there uh, the Incredible Hulk oh awesome um, yeah so I, I was so fortunate I was working in film like six weeks out of school um, and yeah, it kind of went from there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And one of the things I like about that is just like you said, you know, as hanging around, uh, you know, you <laughs> there's one of those things that you kind of have to make some opportunities and and yeah. uh, hope for the best there. And so that's it. Sounds like you were able to kind of do there. Yeah, I try. I tried my best to be, you know, polite, and right. <laughs> I, I, I felt confident enough in my work that it would be sort of worth his time. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I mean, I I do believe, you know you do have to make those opportunities. Had I not, you know, pulled him in, he may not have recognized my name once I sent in this, you know, it right, was, right. it was any, any person that you could meet and, and kind of get to know. So that was meeting people and is something I've always been good at, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Now, how long were you there in the apprenticeship program? So the apprenticeship was about 12 weeks okay. and we, it was pretty cool. It was, there was maybe 12 or 14 of us. Um, and we did training all during the weeks using the rigs on the projects. So nice. um, at the time they were gearing up for the first Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. Okay. And so that was my, so in this training program, it was my first 
quadruped animation. I had never, like, I literally was just sitting next to people and going, yeah, I know how to do this. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it was, it was really like fake it till you make it. Yeah. And, but there was nothing better than that crash course of like, okay, we're all going to do a run cycle and then we're all going to do this and we're all going to do that. And at the end of it, they kept on some of us. Gotcha. And I got kept on. That's great. And I went on to Alvin and the Chipmunks um, and was, you know, promoted to associate animator, I think, on that. Now, project. were you there during that time with uh, maybe Daniel Klug? Yeah, I okay. worked with Dan. I worked with Daniel at Disney. Eventually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was there. And then um, another one of our uh, alumni, um, John Paul Reinmiller, was he at uh, Rhythm and Hughes at that time as well? Doesn't sound familiar. Okay. Okay. So we have some of our alumni. I've, I thought have gone through that. At least worked at Rhythm Hughes, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people. A lot yeah, of people yeah. have worked at Rhythm and Hughes. So. <laughs> it just yeah. sounded like that was some of the time, but uh, I may be mistaken there. Yeah. Um. So now, so you stayed on there. You were using the rigs of. Uh, you said the Incredible Hulk. So after I finished Elvin and the Chipmunks, and I swear it's almost more nerve wracking than getting your first job is being asked to stay on okay. the next job. You know, like why is that? Well, because you're like, did I did I do well enough, or was I did I stand out enough? They have a limited amount of spots they can kind of hold over until this project is in full gear. Right, right. And then I got so so I went from Alvin and the Chipmunks to the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really close as far as you know. It was, it and, was very yeah. similar <laughs> reference video that I was shooting. And... <laughs> now was Incredible Hulk the one with Edward Norton? It was or the one it... with Edward okay, Norton. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so um out of curiosity, was there anything that uh you used to kind of help prepare you for that one? Do you have any physicality background, you know, <laughs> gymnastics or something like that that you kind of pulled from, or uh was it just studying reference and leaning on other people? Definitely leaning on other people. There okay. were times when I tried to shoot my, my phone <laughs> reference and our animation director would just look at it and he'd just go, mm, he'd go, you move like a cat. It doesn't work. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but we had this great um, like rigging TD at the studio that was built like the Hulk. He was, okay. a, he was a bodybuilder. He was kind of like short and, and stocky. Yeah. And he just, everything he shot, he would, and he could act. And Very like, cool. And we, everybody used him. Like okay. we just shot him for reference. And then, I mean, that project used mocap, but we ultimately threw a lot of the mocap out. There mm -hmm. was, it was, I don't know. I, things have gotten better. Gotcha. <laughs> but at the time, I just feel like there was, uh, it was pretty rough. So I have a lot of work in that project that actually was keyframed and it's Very pretty, cool. pretty cool. So it was a huge learning experience. I, I kind of found that super realistic animation was kind of my natural talent, okay. uh, more so than cartoony. Cartoony has always been more of a struggle for me. Gotcha. I think over the years it's gotten better, but um, initially making something look really realistic was, was always kind of more of my wheelhouse. So. Gotcha. Yeah. I appreciate your honesty on that too, because it's one of those things that you have to know where your strengths are at and what your weaknesses are too, if you're going to be able to get better at something as well. So yeah. that's, that's a great point to be able to at least be honest with where you're at. Yeah. It was something, especially in the beginning, I was just never pushing far enough right away. And I, I think what I've learned over the years is that it's always, it's always generally better to push it too far and pull back. Pull back. Yep. 
And that was not what I was doing. I was always going subtle. So it, it throughout my career when they would throw me subtle scenes or acting, you know, no problem. But yeah, so I've I've always I've had to push myself and it's been really fun to do that. And when you make those breakthroughs of like, okay, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna push this a little <laughs> over the top and see what everybody says. And usually yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's great. That works. Uh yeah, very cool. So now how long were you on the Incredible Hulk? Oh gosh. Um probably somewhere between eight months and a year. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. was on f- from the beginning. So when the project started, we were kind of waiting on plates. So we were we were kind of doing tests for a while. Um, at the time, Rhythm and Hughes had a separate building they were renting out space from because they didn't have enough room in the mm. in the main building. So I was like working in a closet somewhere in a credit card holographic uh, material factory that was next to Rhythm. Oh my Hughes. goodness! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, kind of a, a fun uh, story, particularly when you're uh, the, just jumping in the industry there. Yeah, the annex is what we <laughs> called it. So. Very cool. Yeah, the reason why I ask as far as uh, duration, because I go, if that was some of your first project and you're on there for eight months to a year, that would be, would seem like a good solid time to really kind of jump in and get your teeth into something before, you know, you transition to something else. Totally. Yeah. It, you know, Alvin was a huge growing experience because it was just the, uh, the output I was doing was like, you know, more than I'd ever done as a student. There's nothing like jumping into your first job and having deadlines and having great critique coming at you all, you know, every, either every day or every week. Uh Um, So that was huge. And then getting to do Hulk, which is a totally different style was amazing. Again, a huge part of, I feel like why work continued to come for me because my real my professional role was so diverse mm. off the bat. Um, yeah. From there, I, uh, I did a few kind of, I did a uh, night at the museum too, which was also another really cool experience because the variety of animation that I did on that project was like, I did a giant squid. I did Einstein bobbleheads. Oh. <laughs> I, I did statues that would come to life and do ballet. Oh, very cool. I did a, a cherubs wrapping, it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but I do remember at least the first three that you mentioned there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Jonas Brothers played cherubs that wrapped uh, disco music or something. Okay. It's, yeah, it's one of the weirder things I have on my on my reel. Yeah. And how many times did you have to listen to that audio, huh? Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing about animation they don't tell you is yeah. sometimes if you get a song or something, you're just going to listen loop to that it. on loop yeah. <laughs> yeah. 30 second or 15 second clip huh? yeah oh my goodness now i'm looking at your uh resume here you mentioned rhythm hughes i saw weta on there ilm mm-hmm. so it's kind of funny that you mentioned you really you know you loved going and watching movies or stuff like that with your dad in regards to yeah vfx and here you've worked in some of those kind of things um that seems like a neat opportunity kind of initially off the bat to be able to kind of get into that aspect of our industry. Totally. I mean, yeah, it was, it's, it's incredible looking back on it, the places that I've been able to go. ILM in particular is a pretty magical place to step mm. into. Um, it's one, it's in a gorgeous location and two, it's just filled with the most incredible movie memorabilia that you've <laughs> ever seen in your life. Like 
like R2D2s in there and the Yoda puppet and yeah, that's the, great. the painting from Ghostbusters and uh, all these miniatures and it's just so cool. So Man. yeah, it was pretty mad. I mean, every, every job I ever started when I started in Wellington on to go work at Avatar uh, on Avatar, it was just like, how did I get here? I don't know, <laughs> you know, it, it, but I mean, it was really Hulk. Hulk is probably t- created my entire career. <laughs> so yeah, it's cool. Oh, that's great. And um, you know, one of the things you mentioned too about the mocap, um, one of our uh, previous instructors, uh, Richard Lico, mm-hmm. um, he had mentioned when he was up there, uh, Bungie, mm-hmm. um, working a lot with uh, mocap data and doing something very similar to what you mentioned, you're getting rid of a lot, but he goes, one of the things that was so great about it was you got to really learn from it, the mechanics of it and how things really moved. Even if you got rid of it afterwards, you're, you're seeing how the hips are working and, you know, at, from this run or whatever. And so uh, that would seem like a, another great opportunity early on in your industry experience to jump into something like that as well. Yeah, totally. And it was, you know, coming out of of school, at least at the time, I know there's some schools now that actually do record mocap and use mocap, but we didn't learn mocap in school. So it, it sounded very intimidating going into it. And it wasn't until I was first putting data on a rig and realizing, oh, it's just a key on every frame. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, exactly what you said. There's so many learning experiences from mocap, like, oh, that's what's happening you know, during this, or that's what the hips are doing, or that's how the arms are overlapping. And even, you know, not that I understand anything when I'm looking at curves, but sometimes just seeing the curves on like an entire arm and mocap and you're like, everything's a little offset, you know, Gotcha. Um, but there's totally, yeah, there, there's so many, it's great for grabbing, you know, timing and key poses and kind Mm -hmm. of, yeah, just getting, getting more familiar with that stuff. So yeah, very nice. So from Rhythm and Hughes, where did you jump to next? I went to Weta. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I did, I did Night at Museum 2. I did um, Aliens in the Attic, which I didn't finish. I started on that. Okay. Uh, don't worry if you missed that one. <laughs> Sorry. I'm it's trying fine. To, I've trying never seen it. Which one that one was. I, it, I, it's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So like it's sent my demo reel in on a whim and they called me back. Oh, that's cool. And at the time they were hiring for an unannounced James Cameron movie. Mm. So I didn't know anything about it when I was going in and rumors had started coming out or he had started doing interviews about it, that it was an alien movie. And so in my head, I was imagining like the abyss, like I was imagining an ethereal kind of glowing thing And then I get hired, I move to New Zealand, I start my first day. And then in my first week, they take me to a theater and they show me a finished sequence from Avatar. Um, Well, yeah. Okay. So the first thing they show me is uh, the first flight on the Leonoptrix, the, when, uh, what's the main character i don't remember anything i know I, it's, yeah I'm, whatever the main characters it's yeah. been it's been a decade <laughs> um but when he fir- does his first flight after he's like inhibited his navi body and it, it was like <laughs> i was like whoa and then i get to my desk and i'm start looking through sequences just pulling up random sequences on whatever system we were using and the first thing i see is like there, there's a scene back on the base where the 
uh, avatars are playing basketball, like in clothes. And I was like, what is this movie? Like, I had no idea what was going on. Obviously, the rest of the movie is much more magical, but we had no idea it was going to do what it did. We had a, we had a betting pool in of the box office after about four months, because that's when films fall off. I don't think anybody got even within one point three billion of what the actual number was. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, we had we we thought maybe it was going to flop. Like we just didn't know. We're like, it's weird, and I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was great. It was it was such a great life experience to move away from Los Angeles, which I'd never done. Um, gotcha. Okay. My whole life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and go and go to a beautiful place like New Zealand, huh? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. And did you know anybody else over there when you went over there? Or was that just a whole pick up and move and brand it new was, experience? It was pack up three suitcases, get on a plane oh my and, goodness. and go to New Zealand, which is a very friendly place to move. So it wasn't too scary in that sense, but it was in the, I don't know anybody sense, but there yeah. was such a, there was such a um, huge group of people at Weta that were from all over the world. Um, they were hiring talent from everywhere. There was a lot of Americans okay. at the studio. Um, and I met uh, an animator and he had a, they had a room at his house uh, with that had steps into the ocean in, in Lyle Bay in Wellington. And wow. I was like, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he and I, he lives in Los Angeles now and he's from New Zealand and we're, we're friends to this day. Very but cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So I lived, I lived in this crazy house on the ocean. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. It was, it was a wild experience. Very cool. Very cool. And how long were you there? We just had a curiosity. I was there maybe a little over a year. Man, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. Time to fi- get your feet settled and really take it all in, huh? Yeah, I, I I did Avatar, and then I worked very briefly on the A Team, doing some digi doubles, and and then I did a tiny bit of Tintin. Um, okay, I was I was asked to stay, and I I was ready to move on. I was ready to go somewhere else. So, okay, <laughs> um, no place like home. I didn't go home. Okay, uh, <laughs> I ended up. Um, I went. To, I hopped over to Australia, and I worked at Animal Logic after. Oh, okay, that. and which uh, would you work on Animal Logic? That was the Legend of the Guardians, the Zack Snyder owl. The movie. owls of, love that movie. Yeah, the owls of Gahoo. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so hang on a sec. We've had a couple artists work on that, um, and I've done podcasts with um, Brandon Body. Yeah, I know Brandon. Yeah. So uh-huh. he's one of our instructors. I uh, did a podcast with him. Yeah. Um, a couple other guys I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I, that was one of the ones I no idea, popped it in for a family movie night and it was like, oh, take, yeah. really taken back. I really it's liked beautiful. it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. It, again, it was one of those situations where you walk in and you go, I've never animated an owl, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I guess this is what I'm doing now. Very cool. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Now, just out of curiosity, how was the learning curve, um, from going from studio to studio pretty similar to be able to jump into, or was it, uh, pretty difficult for you early on in your, uh, experience there? I'd say generally it was okay. I, I, in my career, there's only been one place that didn't kind of use a basis of of Maya. So in terms of like actually working in the tools, 
that's always been fairly easy. I've been pretty quick to jump in um, on different projects, but uh, Animal Logic was actually, they used XSI. Oh, okay. We could kind of graph Amaya tool, like tools, hotkeys and hotkeys all of that. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was tough. Like we couldn't use constraints like we could in Maya. And there was some, there was some complex methods of getting stuff done. That was a little frustrating. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what were some of your, uh, cause you know, one of the, we've got uh, feature animation here, game animation, as well as creature animation. Um, so what was your, um, kind of quick go-to to start learning some of the, the creature aspects of, uh, Owls of Gold. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, I'm so bad. I, I think I just always just jump in. Like, okay. I, I, <laughs> Did you, but I mean, was it jumping, you know, grabbing somebody and saying, hey, you know, what are some of your strengths here? Or what are some of the things that you do for flight? Or I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think my big go to, especially starting in a new studio and on a new project is getting a look at what other people are doing. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, it, you know, a huge thing on a project is you have sometimes anywhere from 20 to 100 animators working on the same project and getting that continuity of character, the idea of staying on model yeah. um, is something that you need to have in your toolkit of being able to adapt to a style or, you know, a certain set of characteristics. So definitely taking a look at the work that had been done. And then there was certainly a lot of reference video of flying and landing, like things that you didn't, watching birds in flight in slow motion is counterintuitive sometimes okay. to, what, to what you imagine it's going to be. Uh -huh. And you go, no, actually like there's, you know, I, I don't even know. Uh, but yeah. And then on top of that, making them little talking, speaking personality characters and you go, okay, well, if an owl was going to have this little moment, how can we, how can we put the owl back into it when you're still doing something that's like fun? So the way that their necks can rotate or, um, but then other times you had to like totally cheat it. Cause I had a scene where a character was like holding something on, you know, they were battling with like a stick and he was using his back talons, but also like, I don't know how he was standing up. It didn't make any sense, <laughs> but we framed it in such a way that, you know, you sold it right feet to the camera kids. That's there the trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So from New Zealand to Australia to. Then I went to ILM. Okay. Back. And that. Back yeah. ILM. Oh no, that was rhythm. That was Hughes, my. Weta. Yeah. Uh, uh, animal, logic. animal logic and then ILM. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So that, so that was another almost missed opportunity. Um, I'd actually applied and gotten offered an interview, but in the meantime had been interviewing and accepted to work um, in England. Uh, I was going to work on gravity and the, at the time it had a different director. It had a different cast Basically, between the time that I accepted that job and I was waiting to figure out, hey, when's I got to book my flight? Like, when am I coming over? They're like, actually, like everybody's quit the project and it's on hold. Wow. Okay. And they're like, can you wait? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I called ILM back or I emailed frantically and I said, the job fell through. I said, can I please interview? Can I please interview? And they're like, yeah. So <laughs> very cool. 
So I interviewed, got the job, flew back to the U.S., was very excited to come home after being away for almost three years uh-huh. um, and went to San Francisco. And that was uh, my first time living up there. And I, that was definitely intimidating uh, starting there. You know, uh, just because of the history, just and, the history. Okay. Yeah. The, you know, the talent there and yeah, the, the legacy of ILM. Oh, but I do. Okay. I have to admit, um, I watched the original three star Wars the day before I started. Okay. Guess <laughs> <laughs> you got any pop quizzes. I was like, I'm not going in blind. <laughs> and but what was funny is I, I don't think I'd ever sat down and watched them. But when I did watch them before I started, I felt as though I had because they're so deeply ingrained into oh, pop yeah. culture and our yeah. consciousness. I was like, oh, I feel like I've seen <laughs> um, But yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Now, what, what project was that for? That, that you jumped was in for, oh, I'm trying to remember which came first. I think it was for the Avengers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, um, so you had a little bit of experience, obviously, beforehand working on the Hulk. Uh, yeah. What did you work on for the Avengers? I worked on all kinds of things. It was like tons of digi doubles. It was like those Leviathan flying things. Okay. All the little villains that were flying these little. Again, I don't know what anything's called. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you didn't Iron- watch the movies before the podcast, is what you're saying, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, d- I didn't catch up on my whole career before. <laughs> um, but uh, like uh, Iron, definitely some Iron Man stuff. Um, probably touched some Hulk stuff, Thor, Digi doubles. It was just all anything. You know, you you basically worked by sequence. Okay. Um, so, you know, you'd get on a team with a sequence and then some other sequence would come up. And I think I was doing kind of a lot of the um, the whole kind of Leviathan fight stuff. And, okay. Uh, yeah. From what I remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any of it on my reel. I don't think I ever grabbed it. And now I can't remember what shots I worked ah, on. Okay. Now, is that something you kind of learned later? <laughs> what? To do? to be able to grab some of the stuff for your reel and just didn't yeah. think about it at the time or just was not. I, I just think, I don't know. I, okay. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what's so funny about those movies too, is at the end when you see the uh, credits and it's just mm. name mm-hmm. after name, after name, and then studio name after name, after name, and then another studio. A so, lot yeah, of people worked on it. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. So in the end, you know, you, you do, get some cool stuff but also I think being more of a newbie coming into ILM I kind of you know I always felt like I was starting over and starting over and starting over um I I maybe didn't get like the coolest shots on that project so that could be part of why I didn't you know like did you double stuff you don't um and I think I don't know what was going on then but I just didn't grab anything (laughs) I did have in the next project I worked on there so which was that one which was Transformers 3 okay I did Very cool. cool. I got to animate a lot of Optimus Prime. So oh, you've got to work on some really cool projects. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, on that project, I'm like, is this a bad guy or a good guy? Who am I animating right now? And everyone's like, Lindsay. I'm like, I don't know. I know who I know who the chipmunks are. Oh so. man. I love <laughs> loved Transformers growing up. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool doing Optimus Prime. And our and our major directive on those on that project was Optimus Prime pretty much nods and points. Gotcha. 
he's always like, yes. Yeah. Oh, wreckers. You yeah. Know, like stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. And yeah. And to be fair on that one, though, they didn't keep with the traditional look. It was a mm. lot of uh, metal and things like so, so it's hard to see. Everybody if, was gray. Yes. Like there was yes. good guys and bad guys yes. that were gray. So I was like, I don't know who I'm working. I knew who Bumblebee was and yeah. I knew who Optimus Prime was. Um, I worked a lot on the character that Leonard Nimoy was playing in that one. I think he was like a bad guy or he was a good guy that ended up being a bad guy. Okay. It's been a while I, since I've seen them. Right. I can't remember. Yeah. Either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it was fun. It was, it was really cool because. Um, the rigs there for those transformers, we basically had the ability to grab any piece of geo on the rig and hit make rig. And so once we finished our main body animation, we'd go in and add all the little, you know, parts Very moving. Cool. So that was like part of polish was uh, getting some cool some sec- way yeah secondary huh? cool secondary animation on and and with whatever you wanted to on the rig. It was so cool. <laughs> Yeah. Now, was there anything, because there's a lot of parts on that. Yeah. Was there any um, uh, methodology or anything like that that was, kind of, hey, to keep it on model, so to speak? Or was it just, hey, free range, just things moving, no one's going to be able to tell a difference. It's just to get some cool. Yeah, I think... I- I think obviously you wouldn't want to just like if they were just standing and talking, just like having stuff spinning (laughs) all over the place kind of thing. But, you know, as definitely I think it was it was a lot of like read the room, see what everybody else is doing. Um, I never got to do like there was really just a few assassins in the studio who could do like those big actual transformer shots because they were complex and moving between two rigs and hiding stuff. And these, you know, these guys were were pretty crazy but um so yeah just when you like st- you know it was just whatever seemed cool and then sometimes they'd probably tell you hey take that off that, okay that we're not having that thing move throughout the whole movie so gotcha yeah, yeah. very cool any um now you talked about the legacy and just uh the history of ilm uh, was there anything that you took um from that time that's kind of followed you throughout your career, things that were kind of uh, iconic moments for you that you've taken as an animator now that you learned? Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, every, every job and every opportunity to start a new shot and try to, you know, I, I definitely learned to take more risks with what I was showing you know, in the beginning, especially you want to be good, but you want to be safe and you don't want to rock the boat. And it's something that's taken me a lot of years in my career to, to gain my voice and to feel confident in my decision making and pitching things. And as we get further into talking about getting into games, mm-hmm. that's been such a difference for me is the ability to really pitch and okay. be, be creative. So yeah. very cool. All right. Well, let's segue then to that. Um, after ILM, is that when you started hitting more of the feature, the Disney type stuff? Yeah, I, okay. I went, I, I got uh, hired as I took a little step back because I was very excited about Disney and I went and I was a crowds animator at Disney. Um, and I was on Wreck-It Ralph and I can still consider that my first game animation. There was a lot of game <laughs> characters. Um, you know, the project was fun because we were getting to do so many different styles. Yeah. You know, there was the realistic 
uh, war game. And then there was the little candy racing game and, and then Ralph and Felix and all that stuff. And it was so in the eight bit stuff. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a cool experience, you know, for the variety of work, obviously being around, it's very intimidating. <laughs> I can imagine there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was intense. Okay. Uh, the hours, the, um, all of schedule, it. the people you're working with in regards to the quality and things of that nature. It was very, um, it was just, I, I think it was just overwhelming a lot of the time. And there was a lot of pressure to kind of keep up, keep up with everybody. Um, and yeah. Did you feel <laughs> that way a little bit, um, more now having jumped into, uh, a different aspect of animation per se, uh, more the feature type versus um, the VFX. Was that yeah. part of it as well? Or was it just the, the environment in general? I think it was because you, when you're in VFX, I think there's, there's a little bit different of a hierarchy. Um, animation is important, but I'd say like, you know, effects and uh, compositing, you know, they're the kings of uh, and queens of VFX. And at Disney, it's animation. <laughs> like it, they're an animation studio. So being a Disney animator, <sighs> the pressure behind it is it, it's too much for my fragile heart. Like <laughs> I, uh, I, it was, I, I just, I couldn't keep up, you know, gotcha, like, gotcha. It, but <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it, what was interesting about it is that and what I've learned from it, and then especially now having been at Insomniac for eight going on nine years. Gotcha. Um, you know, sometimes I think the important lesson to be learned is sometimes you have a dream job in your head or you have a dream of a studio or something or a project. And sometimes that doesn't end up being the dream job. Mm -hmm. And sometimes something you never imagined becomes that. And I feel very fortunate to have found that. Um, and just, just if you're, you know, you may find a dream that you never, you never imagined. Gotcha. And, and don't be disappointed if the place that you kind of always fantasized about isn't what you think it is. And I think, I think that's good for anything, for people, relationships, anything, putting anything on a pedestal often sets you up for failure. Gotcha. So um, being open to the idea that, more about the people that you're working with and uh, kind of your everyday existence in this industry is, is much more important. And there's wonderful people at Disney. I'm in no way saying that. Right, right, right. <laughs> just, just the overall uh, pace, maybe. Uh, sure. Of, gotcha. That yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. What I love about that though, too, is because it was record Ralph, the um, last one you ended off of with uh, Disney as well. I, yeah, I did. I just did the first record Ralph. Right. I went up to Sony after that in Vancouver and did one project. I did the Smurfs. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then that was my last film experience. And then went to Insomniac. Yeah. That it's cool though, because it seems like that's a nice progression to jumping into Insomniac with some of the IPs that you've worked on though. Totally. I had coming from VFX to something Disney-ish to now to Ratchet Absolutely. and Clank, you know? Yeah. So like my last two projects in film were Wreck-It Ralph and Smurfs, which were kind of cute and fun and a little bit squishy and yeah. <laughs> not realistic. And so it was great to have that, like basically like Alvin and Wreck-It Ralph and Gahul and 
have that more feature type film animation and then also have like crazy badass VFX stuff. Yeah, like for sure. Super tough guy, cra- <laughs> crazy <laughs> stuff, which somehow is my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. Okay. So from Sony, that's when you jumped into Insomniac. Yes. Okay. Very cool. And as I mentioned beforehand, uh, one of the funny parts, and this is just for our listeners here, oh, yeah. uh, you worked with my brother. Yeah. Um, as soon as I was looking at your uh, your bio here and saw that uh, Sunset Overdrive, I knew he was, yeah. uh, he shared a big office and he's got a big poster over there for Sunset Overdrive. And I was like, hey, that made the you connection there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to have lunch with Daryl all the time. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> And then he also, uh, I know he was going to uh, work on Spider-Man um, before he jumped over to, to Rillifex. Oh, uh-huh. So yeah, yeah, that was the yeah, funny yeah, part. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So tell us about, um, you know, your your time in Insomniac. I, uh, so the reason I went there um, is going all the way back to college uh, that one 3D animation class that I took about five times, um, <laughs> my teacher, uh, Bobby Coddington, was working at Insomniac um, as the animation director. Wow. And he had started about six months before. And we'd always stayed in contact somewhat on social media and all this stuff. And I was up in Canada. I saw that he had posted something about it. And I just said, hey, gosh, I'd love to come back to L.A. Um, and it's tough to find film work in L.A. Uh and I said, how do you like Insomniac? And he's like, it's amazing. It's great. We're actually hiring right now. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, send me your reel. And so I was like, ah, I put something together. Uh, like that week, I sent him my reel. I, next thing I knew, they flew me down from Canada. I took a sick day from Sony. <laughs> Sorry, Sony. Well, it's yeah. who I work for again now. Yeah. Uh, and I flew down, uh, interviewed with, probably interviewed with Daryl uh, as part of this big group interviews um, and, and got hired and was all of a sudden moving back to LA and was going to work in games. And I was always a Ratchet and Clank fan. Okay. So back way back in college, I remember playing Ratchet and Clank Tools of Destruction and thinking, Insomniac Games, if I ever work in games, I'd like to work at Insomniac Games. Their animation is so good. Very cool. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, that was his first project when he went over there. Did you jump on at that time or was it jumping into Sunset Overdrive? I, I came in on Sunset Overdrive. Okay. okay. So, so he, was was back on, he was back on Tools of Destruction. I, uh, okay. I don't know which ratchet and one of them, it was. Yeah. It was the one right before Sunset Overdrive. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't know. I mean, uh, if I hit him up. He'd, he'd yeah. tell me here, but uh, yeah, it was the one right before or right released uh, before Sunset <clears throat> Overdrive. Um, I think he jumped in on that one. So it wasn't uh, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then Sunset Overdrive was the big one for him on that. Yeah. So I also got hired at Insomniac on an unannounced project. Um, but the week before I started was when the trailer came out. So I wrote Bobby. I was like, is this what I'm working on? <laughs> was it a trailer that Blur did? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I was like, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> I was like, this looks cool. Yeah, very I don't neat. know anything about video games, but <laughs> this is cool. Okay, so that was my next question then. You know, you mentioned obviously playing them beforehand, but was this your first venture into actually developing for it? Yes. Besides, when I was in college, I did an eight-week internship at a tiny studio in Venice Beach, and I on Ultimate Duck Hunter for the week. Okay, okay. And I placed... 
grass cards in the levels. That was what I did. Oh, wow. But yeah, that besides set that, you right up for, uh, I was yeah, ready. Overdrive. <laughs> I, um, besides that, yes, that was my first time working in video games. Um, I, I, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Very cool. Um, and it was, you know, to be fair, it was, a, it was a staff position. It was like a secure, somewhat secure position after all the years of moving around. Um, you know, I definitely wanted some stability. Gotcha. And also Insomniac was just, I never played many games. I played Nintendo 64. All right. When I was in high school. I played Mario 64. I played Mario Smash. Kart. Not Smash. Okay. No, I play I played Mario Kart. I played Diddy Kong Racing, a little bit of like like Wave Race. Like okay. I, I would do some racing games with my dad. Um no Goldeneye. No Goldeneye. Oh, okay. It was Man, like, those are my faves from 64. I know, I know. I liked all the cute stuff. So okay. <laughs> um, but the only other games I played briefly was on PlayStation 2 or 3, whatever it was, Tools yeah, of probably- Destruction. And I loved Ratchet and Clank, and it was the only games I ever played from start to finish. And uh, so, yeah, I was excited about that. I knew the kind of work that Insomniac was doing and how, like, the wide variety and how everything was a little bit funny and weird. And it wasn't just, like, you know, uh, first-person shooters and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, it looked like there was going to be some really fun stuff to, to work on. To jump into. Okay, so um, how confident did you feel coming into Insomniac, having the background that you had, which is, as we've talked about, pretty amazing, but not having worked on games yet. I felt confident. Okay. <laughs> and then I, and then there's the, the painful reality, especially when you're working on gameplay animation for the uh-huh. first time, you make it look real pretty in Maya. And then you actually hook it up in game and it doesn't work or it looks weird and it's it's such a rude awakening uh, coming from like oh yeah I've worked on all these big <laughs> not that I thought that about myself but like I was like I know how to animate but you knew it yes that was I guess is my kind of point yeah <laughs> um, but it was a whole new ball game it it what was cool about it though what it quickly revealed itself to be was uh, something that was very stimulating for my brain uh, because it's a puzzle. It's just an endless puzzle of, okay, so if he does this, but then he's going to need to do this, but also this way, and then you got to do this, but how does he get back? And da, da, da. And it's this exponential puzzle that grows outward until you have to ship because they just have to rip it away from you. <laughs> um, but luckily um, my first foray into games on Sunset was uh, cinematics. Okay. Was very comfortable for me. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. Super similar uh, pipeline stuff. Yeah. Definitely. So going on to Sunset Cinematics was, um, I think it was uh, the speed at which games uh, are made and and kind of the deadlines are different because you're there is a different level of quality that you can get to because games are so much bigger than films. so I had to get used to the speed at which I needed to get stuff done um, without like them having to rip it out of my hands. Cause I wasn't happy with the quality. Or, okay. <laughs> um, but that said, I still feel like as the years went on and as it shows in our work, I think our quality is very high. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was something that was new, but again, kind of exciting not to be stuck in nitpicking things and really just producing a ton of work. Gotcha. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah. So you did some of the cinematics 
for a sunset overdrive and then you did some gameplay or no did I didn't do that? gameplay no okay, not I, for that one no I did some voiceover work oh did you really yeah I'm in oh that's awesome yeah I get oh, uh, cool. if you play the game and there's a there's like a uh, one of the scouts gives you a, a lucky cat mission you have to go find all her lucky cats uh-huh. that's me awesome all right little and easter then, egg right here and then I'm also the voice of sex burger <laughs> yeah uh, there's a, there's a, an inappropriately titled burger place in the game and I okay. did the voiceover for it. <laughs> they needed a woman and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, it's for what? Um, okay. Yeah. Well, all right. I already agreed. Uh, but yeah, it, I have kind of a secret, uh, longing to be a voice actor. So. Oh, that's great. Well, that's what I mentioned right off the bat with your, I can tell from your mic, but your voice sounded really good. So that makes a whole lot of sense. That's great. Yeah. yeah very, very cool. Um, too funny. Okay. So after Sunset Overdrive, that was the uh, Spider-Man, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yes. Okay. Huge. Because yes. I, I know that's when my brother was going to jump into that one. Okay. Then that must that's have been they, it. I'm trying, but, to make, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. I think it was for the PS4. Spider-Man or Ratchet PS4. I think he was here for Ratchet PS4. That might have been after. I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what I went on to. Directly after Spider-Man. I think I went on to Ratchet. Okay. Rift Apart after Spider-Man. So I might have done Ratchet PS4 before. And then. Sunset Overdrive. I don't remember. And then. Let's look at it. Spider-Man. Let's look at a timeline. (laughs) Let's figure this out. Curious. My man, my memory. It's, it's such a, I'm trying. I think I did Ratchet PS4 before I went into Spider-Man. Okay. I knew Spider-Man was a huge one. It was huge. And yeah. it was it was in development, I think. I, I okay. mean, obviously pre pre um pre-dev was going on. Oh man, I'm the worst, aren't I? <laughs> I'm like insomniac. This is what insomniac's not going to approve. You, you've been there for a while, so that's uh, you know, I'm sure a lot I'm just, of it's, a blur. it's just the order because I don't think I definitely didn't do ratchets back to back. So I must have done Ratchet PS4 and then I did Spider-Man. And I was on that for a while. Okay. Um, but Ratchet PS4 2016. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. We're back. So we're. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yes. I went on to Ratchet PS4 after Sunset Overdrive. Okay. And I, and I also went on to Cinematics for that one. Okay. It was fun because I got to keyframe again. Okay. And I got to work on a Ratchet game. So that was very exciting. Very cool. Um, that was a little career dream of mine. For yeah, sure. yeah. Um, and it really cemented me into Insomniac. I, I actually got to animate our first complete cinematic and do layout. Oh, very cool. Do the camera. So let me tell you, that's a very cool and very fun and very scary and exciting thing that, <laughs> that we get, that we get to do at Insomniac. My whole career was being handed shots ready to go. And VFX, you're stuck to a plate that they've mm-hmm. already shot. At Disney, there's a layout department. So they're already kind of setting things up. And this, I was like, they're like, okay, here's a script, you know? Um, and and it was wild and it was so cool. And that's where it comes in of like, I'm going to look at some stuff that's been done and, and see, you know, how to do this. And 
And I got to, so I got to do the first, yeah, the first complete cinematic that kind of set the tone. That's awesome. um, Going in and it was really successful and it was such, it was this wild confidence boost (laughs) and and moment in my career that I've never, that I had never had up until that point, like truly contributing and having ownership over something. um, This was the first time. Oh, that's great. That's very, very cool. It was such a turning point for me in kind of you know, I felt, I felt like an imposter in the gaming industry. I feel like for my first few games, cause I'm like, this isn't where I came from. So many people here are so passionate about games and all this stuff. And that was the moment where I felt, you know, okay, I belong here. You know, Very cool. I, I care about this too. And I, <laughs> I care about these characters. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I really appreciate you bringing up too, is that, um, you know, like you mentioned, uh, putting something on a pedestal, whether it be, you know, if you think about feature animation, you know, sure. you're thinking of Pixar and Disney and stuff. Mm-hmm. And some people find that and they're like, man, I, I, I'm here. This is where I want to be. Yeah. Others might find that like you're saying here where that was a cool aspect, but you're finding yeah. this awesome fulfillment in a game studio here, you know? Yes. And some of the people might jump into a game studio and find themselves in feature or, you know, it's, so it's just neat to hear that for those reasons where, and that's what I love about these podcasts is kind of gives that, um, getting to pick your brain and hear yeah. that kind of stuff where people are listening going, okay, well maybe I need to kind of reevaluate what I see as a dream job or whatever, you know? Totally. And I, and I really encourage people to consider all kinds of different aspects that, you know, uh, I, 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 I would speak very highly of, game dev as well as insomniac as a studio in terms of creative freedom um i just feel like you're contributing so much more than you're going to be in a film studio or like a major film studio obviously it depends on your job and your position some people are getting to be very creative all the time at these studios but for animators you know getting hired on a contract that's not always the case and so yeah, completely found like just light bulbs going off <laughs> once, you know, once I started that project. Very cool. That's awesome. Um, you said you've been at Insomniac for how long? Uh, going uh, eight and a half years, going oh, on nine wow. years. Very yeah. cool. And I didn't think we mentioned that before. And so what is your title there? You're a senior animator? I'm a senior lead? animator. Okay. Very cool. Uh, on, on my way elsewhere. So yeah, up, upwards, I hope. Okay. Um, okay. I thought you meant but, somewhere else. Where no, I'm not leaving. So no I'm insomniac. Like, I'm not yeah. leaving. <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, senior animator. Yes. Okay. Very cool. What would be uh, next in line for you then that you would like? To my title? Yeah. Position. What you, I mean, okay. So let me back up real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have some, you know, uh, some of our instructors work at Pixar and they're an animator. They have no desire to jump into mm. a, another position because they go, I love animating and yeah. I don't get to animate as much, you know, yes. if I jump to this position here, um, what would be ideal for you? Cause you're saying upward, what would you like to be able to do? Um, you know, I was one of those people for so many years. I was happy being an animator. I was happy being a worker bee. I didn't want the responsibility or I didn't, you know, I saw these people in some of these studios and how stressful and difficult it was and kind of soul crushing. (laughs) And, and I didn't want to do it. And so I was, I was happy to kind of sit back and keep my head down and work. And it wasn't until 
coming to Insomniac, working on some of these projects. And I feel like even in this last year or two, especially on Rift Apart, where I realized how much I wanted to step up and do more. Okay. How much I love uh, leading a team, how much I love doing reviews and uh, making creative decisions and, you know, helping and encouraging a team. Like, I, I just feel like I found oh no, like, why have I been sitting back and not doing this for so long? Um, so yeah, I'd love to be a lead. Um, I, I don't know, like, I don't know, maybe I'll direct someday. I have no idea because I'm gotcha. just, I'm doing so much more now and I'm, I'm realizing how much it's enriching my life at the, at the studio nice. and, and in the projects. And I think the more, the more ownership I have, like, I just want to keep going. Gotcha. So uh, yeah, it's been a, it, insomnia, it's just changed my thinking completely about gotcha. what I want to do because I get the opportunity to do it. So very cool. No, that's great. And that's why I said, I was just curious on some of the aspirations. Totally. Like, yeah. Like I said, sometimes people were just like, no, nope, I just, five years ago, I would have told you yeah. something different. I would have, I would have, I would have said, uh, I'm happy to be an animator. Like yeah. I don't, I actually, yeah. Like to be honest, I don't mind not animating as much anymore. Cause I get to interact with so many people Okay. and so many, uh, so much different work. Um, you know, at the studio, I'm, I'm directing motion capture. I got to do that on Spider-Man. Uh, I, I worked on the open world. So we had a very small team building this entire New York city and very cool. pedestrians. And so then we got to like plan mocap shoots and go shoot it. And I was like, oh, I love this. I love working with actors. <laughs> um, so yeah, like it's just so many. Opened so many, a whole new doors yeah. and you're like, I want to, Check that was behind that door then. Yeah. I get to, I record, I record like all the female scratch audio at the <laughs> studio. I used, I used to, there's more that we have more talented voices, uh, helping out. But when I, when I had started, there wasn't many who wanted to do it. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, okay. I'll be, I'll be MJ or I'll be, uh, <laughs> very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I could see that. Um, so let's talk about Spider-Man real quick. Uh, Cause sure. that one I think was, probably a, uh, let me ask you this. It seemed like that was a pretty big blockbuster, not only obviously in how well it did, but I think maybe surprise. Yeah. I think everybody was very surprised um, that Insomniac had that project. I, re I remember when we first got it and we were like, Whoa, Oh, oh my God, that's crazy. And, and just starting to see the work coming out. Um, the swinging and like everything and everybody. And then we started making the cinematics and the, and the jump, I will say that Spider-Man was such a jump in quality for our cinematics team. A lot of that, thanks to Bobby Coddington. He's, mm. he's got a very cinematic mind. He, uh, he's so great at what he does and he, you know, pushes all of us to, to study and learn more about film and, and emotional storytelling and choices that you make. And, you know, that's why I think Insomniac has some of the best cinematics, um, especially, yeah, starting with Spider-Man, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, I was able to kind of take mostly observing the cinematics team on Spider-Man because I didn't, I didn't work on it. They're um, still in game. I was doing all the open world stuff. So that gotcha. was, yeah. So um, I did end up doing some cinematics and then, uh, but the, the things that I learned on that and then took into Rift Apart in terms of the cinematic quality and also my, my film career and just thinking about the quality of that work, um, 
you know, we, we wanted, we wanted Rift Apart to play like an animated feature mm-hmm. and to look like an animated feature. And, uh, I'm super proud of that game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, definitely, I mean, Rift Apart, hundred percent top project I've ever worked on in my That's whole, amazing. whole career. So <laughs> that was the one that was just here released. Yeah. Uh, for the not PS5. Too long ago. Yeah. PS5. Um, what was the jump like for you for coming from PS4 to PS5 as far as um, what you could do? I think, um, you know, the biggest thing for, for cinematics, obviously, um, the quality, the look, the amount of things we can have in the scene on camera at once, and a really funny little hurdle that we encountered towards, towards the end of production on Rift Apart once we were, like, playing on our dev kits was we realized Clank is like a, basically a big, uh, shining, uh, reflective ball. So if we shot to camera, you could then see his static lower half (laughs) reflecting off of his chin, (laughs) which you didn't have those real time reflections before. So we had to make sure that even stuff (laughs) off camera in certain shots was, was moving. So that was like a little, Oh, Oh, whoops. Oh yeah. no. Oh no. This, this technology Yeah, it's making this work harder. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. I remember seeing the uh, first trailer, I think it was for E3 when kind of flying through and hitting different portals or something like that. Yeah. And just, oh, yeah. Um, and I don't remember if that was game p- play per se, but just the amount of uh, information that was going to be on screen or at yes. least projected um, was pretty phenomenal. So, yeah. So obviously one of the biggest things is the no load times and, and, and that's a huge aspect. And that was, I mean, that was certainly going into game, you know, game production, whether it was gameplay or whatever, that, that was something that we considered in the choices we made the rift tether. There's a, you know, there's a, a, a tether that you can open up a rift and pull yourself immediately into another part of, of, the level mm. and then obviously the rifts that move you from planet to planet instantly with no loading um it's such That's a cool it's such a cool concept so obviously the game was built around the idea of rifts and and dimensional rifts and being able to quickly travel between these two so it yeah it it informed a lot of stuff and it did inform our cinematics as well being able to kind of jump from locations um mm quicker within these things things we couldn't have done before we would have had to cheat more um but and i don't know all the technical (laughs) (laughs) i'm just an animator um but yeah it was incredible it it definitely opened up some creative freedom for sure now um this was your second ratchet and clink Mm -hmm. game and as you mentioned beforehand, that was one of your, you know, kind of go-to icon. Uh, it's got to be pretty cool to be able to be one of the senior animators on that uh, and that game, as well as having your feature background and making it feel like yeah. a, a playable feature. Yes. I, I mean, I, I can't even tell you what a dream this project was. Um, getting to work on supervising all the cinematics um with with my lead kevin grow who's amazing former disney animator um and just yeah absolute dream getting to work on and help develop the female lombax character rivet uh was a huge awesome experience (laughs) uh it was just so cool it was so cool to i mean man 
having input on that and, and, and getting to create guides and, uh, you know, making choices with her acting and gosh, it was so fun because I can look back on my career and it's a very small handful of female characters that I've even animated. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, there's just been less there uh, now, now it's different. There's uh-huh. definitely so many more, especially in feature anim, you know, lead characters and all this stuff. Right. But I was in a lot of VFX. It was a lot of, you know, big robots and hulks and <laughs> which is cool. Um, but it's super, it's super cool to work on a character that you feel like you relate to and, and crafted and yeah. Man. Now I saw on I think it was IGN that said uh I think it quoted you. Um Paul Rudd was kind of the ah. inspiration. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, so what happened, uh there was a scene in the game. Uh, there was a shot in particular, although I do think Paul Rudd is a great reference for Ratchet. Uh, lovable, mischievous, okay. uh, funny. I think it's a great reference, but there was a particular scene where our character kind of had to like be like playing it cool. Like, he okay. was like, he was like I, yeah, I know what's going on. Okay. And we told the anime, we said, Paul Rudd, that's your, that's your note. Just look at some Paul Rudd stuff. Okay. <laughs> and I, I think I tweeted about it and uh, yeah. Okay. It got picked up. So that was yeah. it there. Now. So bringing that up, what was, was there any uh, reference or go-tos for the female? And I, I didn't catch her name. I'm sorry. I don't have a PS5. Uh, Rivet. Rivet. Okay. Um, you any know, go-tos for her that you kind of, uh, that helped sure. solidify her character? Yeah. I mean, gosh, just definitely looking at like cool badass female characters obviously we turn to the marvel universe a little bit in just our personal like okay this character's cool like what who is she and who isn't she and that was a big part of our developing so we kind of created a little bit of a reference guide for these characters are good reference these are not um like like shuri from black panther she's kind of funny and mischievous and tough and independent you know like buffy the vampire slayer okay uh you know just stuff like that like doesn't need the help but she's also vulnerable and does need the help you know she she needs a friend but she doesn't have any and um so yeah we we definitely took the time to kind of pick a few key things but you know make sure she wasn't you know she's not like the scarlet witch she's not really dark and all that stuff or um but yeah and then we also just got jennifer hale who uh did the voice who's a huge uh voice actor in the video game industry and beyond she's incredible she did she did rivet's voice and once she came in um you know the character really came out a lot obviously in her doing the performance and and she totally nailed it and yeah very cool cool. were you surprised uh, at the reception that you got for this or that you guys feel like hey that's what we were targeting and that's what we got or was it i feel like it's what we were targeting but still i i think one thing, you know, coming into games, especially, I think the year that I got into video games was like when the whole like Gamergate thing was happening. So it was kind of a hostile environment. Oh, okay. But my experience, especially in these last few years, is what a wonderful, warm, <laughs> kind community of people. And there's so much support. We knew we, knew we had a obviously people love Ratchet and we knew we were introducing this new female version uh, character of him. 
and we hoped that everybody would love her. We knew once we were getting scenes done and the story was progressing and the writing, um, we knew we had something special, but we were, I think, very pleasantly surprised that everybody felt the same way. (laughs) (laughs) I really haven't gotten any negative feedback. No, that's great. And don't come find me and tell me your negative feedback. I don't want it. (laughs) You don't need it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't need it. Um, But yeah, we've had so much, so much wonderful feedback. Yeah. It's been, it's been nothing but but positive for me. So. Very cool. Very cool. Um, anything that you're looking forward to in the video game industry? You know, we've kind of talked about how maybe this was a a bit of a, a surprise uh, love. Now, um, you having a feature background as some of the, as well as some of the other people that you've mentioned here, bringing that into the gaming industry and how mm-hmm. that's kind of developed the gaming industry. Anything that you're seeing kind of more future as it's continuing that is exciting you or is it just the possibilities that you're talking about now with the ability to collaborate differently and um, more doors that are open available for someone like you? Yeah, uh, I'm so excited. I, I'm more excited than ever about the, the video game industry. I play games all the time now. I've been <laughs> platinuming games on PlayStation 5. I just, I, I'm, I, I'm excited about seeing other people's games. Um, I mean, obviously with Spider-Man, with Rift Apart, with the new game systems, uh, the quality, I think as opposed to the film industry, the game industry has leaps to, to keep making and we're going to get to see those very soon. You know, mm. like I, I just feel like the quality is 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 going up so wildly uh, story being so important to these video games. Like I work side by side with our writing team. I love working with our writing team. That's cool. They, they are, they are game developers. We are all working in this together and our studio getting a designer and a writer and an animator into a room and figuring out the coolest way to do something is like the most fun part of our jobs. Very cool. Um, so I'm just really excited about the new types of people coming into this industry who are finally getting a chance, the new voices that we have, all the new creativity and ideas. And I think our quality, I mean, we're going to be making, people are going to want to play our games more than watch movies, I think. <laughs> I, it, it's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, it's just really exciting to be telling these incredible stories and they're playable and and they're just so creative and fun. So awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Um, last question, anything that you do non animation related that kind of helps you, um, creatively or just life? Um, yeah, (laughs) I, a few things. Well, if, if, if any of you have ever been to my Twitter, you know, I love cats. So (laughs) I'm surprised one hasn't wandered back here during this thing. Um, But I, you know what I do do uh, pretty often, and it's kind of important for me to have an analog activity where I'm not on a computer or a video game controller. Uh, I do tons of jigsaw puzzles. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And growing up my, uh, I don't know if it's true, but my mom always said it helped with your math and logic skills. So I always have accredited all the puzzles I've done since high school uh, to my my logical thinking and now uh, applying to my my game dev thinking. <laughs> That's right. You mentioned that was like a puzzle there. So yeah, very yeah. cool. So being able to kind of see the big picture as the small pieces come together. So Hey, I got to tell you, that is uh, a unique skill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's real easy to get here and you can't see the big, I mean, for myself sometimes. Yeah. Like I'm, uh, and so that's, that is a unique skill. So that's very, very cool. Very yeah. cool. 
Yeah. Awesome, Lindsay. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, we'll hope to get you in on another podcast here in the future after a new yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome talking Very to you. Very cool. With that, we're out. <laughs>